The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. It's time for the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We look back at a week of trading, a first day of trading for the month of February as well. A lot of factors being moved in. And when we have Brad Coima on with Coima and K-Meg out of Sioux Center, Iowa, the focus, we always start out with the cattle. And it's been kind of an interesting uh, week in trade so far because we did see a slow kind of trickling into some of that postponed information. So I'm curious, Brad, as you start to see that information from back in December, how is that factoring in, and is that possibly why you say we saw a spark in the markets for a Friday? I thought that was part of the. I thought it was part of the late trade today. Some of the stuff uh, that that that's been slow to come. Well, it's been non-existent here for a while during the partial government shutdown, and 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 I think anybody that's you know following the market knows that we missed the cattle and feed report, that we missed the grain report, um, uh, but and that's what people sticks in their mind. But there's a lot of other data that comes out daily and weekly that we've been going without. Um, I think that generally speaking, this isn't exact, I'll answer your question, but to get to there, I think generally speaking that there's lack of data doesn't help the market. I don't care what market you're talking about. And and, and that's because people that, that, that still have to sell stuff, that still have to do some merchandising and stuff like that, um, you know, they have to do that irregardless. Now, take the other side of the market where you have the long speculator, for instance, or the fund, index fund that needs to be long or whatever it is. Without the data, without the information driving their decisions, the long speculator, I think, is largely sidelined. So, I, I you know, this hasn't been helpful. But to get to, your, to answering your question, one of the, one of the things that I think, uh, from time to time at least, is one of the most important fundamental things that at least we view here, up here, at the, or that I view, is what are the average weights doing uh, on the cattle? Because uh, it's a measure of how current we are. In this day and age here where we, where we seem to be increasingly selling, negotiating for less and less of the cattle that we trade, uh, whenever the packer gains more leverage, uh, it seems like we suffer and we become a price taker. However, when we do become nice and current and we can, can have a little more influence on whether we have to sell cattle or not, uh, that seems to coincide with a little better market environment. So um, I've been curious, particularly as have a lot of others, so what is really the impact on what the weather has done to the average weights of the cattle? Uh, there's many areas that have experienced uh, maybe, in some cases, the worst uh, winter weather in memory. I've heard over and over from my friends in Kansas. In fact, statistically, um, you know, I'm a numbers nerd. Statistically, for that southwest and south-central Kansas area uh, where the bulk of those feed yards are, I'm looking at up to 50 years of data right in my hand here. And, uh, you know, I don't have the last two weeks of January dialed into it yet, but it is the second wettest in 50 years, okay? So as I look back then, I'm, I'm also a nerd enough to go, okay, what happened the last time it was this wet and this wet and this sort of thing? Well, of course, the average weight suffer, performance suffers, and what's happened, generally speaking, is that the front end of the cattle markets rallied. By the way, feeder cattle have also sold off, have a tendency to those wet years, those top 10 wet years anyway. So, yeah, uh, you know, I have a little enthusiasm for the February cattle based on that. And I think that that's kind of what the market responded to, too. The, I got the data for the week ending December uh, 15 on Tuesday and the data for the week ending December 22 
I saw at least shortly before the close, maybe 10 minutes before the close. And uh, we had a pretty nice burst, pretty nice little rally at the end of the day where the February cattle ended up rallying 50, 60 cents there to close nice and solidly higher. Wow, that was a long answer for a nice short question. Sorry about that. <laughs> You're fine. I'm so I'm curious because you talk about it being the second wettest wet. That's hard to say. What is weather on record in 50 years? We've had extreme cold the last week. We got more extreme cold moving into the first full week of February. Is there some optimism? Could we see some good news in February for these cattle? Well, I sure think so, um, Susan. I, but I'm the old guy in the room, right? Uh, I have crap on my boots. Um, I, 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 you know, I, I, I kind of smile a little bit in frustration when I listen to commentators say, well, you know, it's going to be 50 degrees, so the weather deal is over. Well, um, I, I would, uh, I don't believe that that's the case at all, and I would say that from experience. These cattle, let's just say the weather up here, where frankly, right where I sit, the weather's actually probably better than an awful lot of the cattle feeding area, but you go from 45 below here the other day to 50 degrees tomorrow, uh, intakes go upside down, the cattle get flipped over, they can't, it, it's, I mean, their their nutrition gets their they don't know how to handle themselves. They overeat and they don't eat at all. And um, and, and you talk about a, a Kansas situation where they've been in mud that long. The cattle have suffered, and they don't just magically all of a sudden grow back the fifty pounds that they lost for the last three weeks. Uh, so it's a factor, and and uh, I, I think you got to remember that we're dealing with HFT algorithmic traders, people that frankly don't know the difference between a steer and a heifer. Okay, so they are maybe not going to respond as quickly to the news as the old days where, you know, some of the old names that we all remember were fundamentalists and did indeed have crap on their boots and knew, knew what the, 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 the influences in the marketplace might be when you get those kind of weather patterns. So I would say that, you know, as I look at the markets, I'm worried about yesterday's technical action. That looks like a top to me. I don't believe that. Uh, I guess I don't feel that that's going to be relevant to the front end of the market because I think like February cattle in the month of February is going to be more influenced by a lighter weight cattle and the stronger cash market. So guys are going to like to hear that, that maybe the possible yesterday wasn't the high that we're going to well, see in a while. I don't think it wasn't the front end of the market. I, now, June's up to 118.50 plus. Uh, maybe that's it for a while. Uh, I, I, in fact, if I had to say June, August, October cattle, um uh, I'm not near as enthusiastic about that time frame as I am for the next 30 days. In fact, I'm quite concerned by the time you get to like August, September, we'd have uh, quite a bit of, of, of risk to the downside. So if you're a hedger, sell rallies in those deferred months, uh, and I would leave the February alone. All right, well, stick around, folks. We're going to bring back more of the Fontenelle Final Bell here in just a moment. We'll take a look at the cash cattle, what we're seeing there, the first uh, trading day of February, and obviously going into the first full week and all the issues happening in the hogs. Then we'll jump over and take a look what's happening in the grain complex. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Victor? Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're being joined by Brad Coima of Coima and K-Mig in Sioux Center, Iowa. We have been in such a trend that we don't see. We hear a smidgens of talk on Thursday. On a Friday, we start to see some numbers start to trade, but they wait till everything closes out and folks are ready to head home before we see any cash movement. Yeah, happy hour on Friday, right? I mean, that seems to be when the... Uh, um, <laughs> cash cattle thing finally starts to develop uh I'll tell you what my brother that sells my cattle would certainly appreciate it if we'd start a little earlier in the day as to 
have to go to grandson's basketball games and you're trading cattle at six o'clock at night. Uh, very slow to develop. There's a little bit of late trade yesterday and a little bit of trade today. The South, to my knowledge, still has not traded. They're bid at 23. I think they're going to get 24, 124 with a shot at 125. Uh, but very, if anything, nothing done there. The North has had a little bit of trade. Bids are from 197 to 199. I know there's been some 199 trade. There's been just a little bit of 125 up here in Iowa. And I can, I think, on reliable sources, a couple of hundred head of inside perfect cattle to a small packer for 126. That's pretty good. Um, so I, I think that the north will kind of be 24.5, maybe with some instances of the right kind of cattle bring six. And I think the south will be 24 with a chance at 25. So that does shore up the basis issue that people have been griping about on the fifth cattle. Fifth cattle, 125.45, they look like they're kind of fairly priced. Curious, this crazy cold snap that we dealt with and the talk of one next week, we're going to see less meat moving across the counter? Is it going to affect the way the, the box beef trades? Yeah, you know, in the weather, you'll really get, you know, hear about the vortex here in another day because all these pansies on the East Coast are going to experience what <laughs> you and I have had for a couple of days already. Um, but you are correct that, that, you know, I mean, you get into the high population area, um, that potentially is going to have some impact. Um, now, Super Bowl Sunday is largely, I think, the stuff's bought up for them, okay? Uh, that That is kind of one of the good, uh, uh, there's actually a huge beef feature, believe it or not, for, for, for Super Bowl. There's also kind of that, well, you know, chicken wing. Uh, we're interested to see whether the pork could get a little lift because there seems to be a little bit of a bigger pork feature, particularly these pork wings, and then they're putting bacon on everything, it seems like, on this stuff. So, um I, I, I don't know if it hurts or helps that it's, it, it, it maybe lessens the, the severity of it because it is Super Bowl and everybody kind of plans way ahead for that. So, um, uh, typically, um, the 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 uh, demand would slow up after February for the middle meats, improve probably for the pork product. The surprise was last year when it didn't, and the middle meat demand stayed good. Just just stayed good all year. I expect that to happen again, frankly. I'd be a little bit curious whether this cold weather wouldn't have just a little bit of positive influence on the hogs. Gosh, it always used to because people wouldn't want to move hogs, but it doesn't seem like some of those old rules work anymore. Well, speaking of hogs, before we jump over to the grains, there's some issues trading, as you put it, way too cheap right now. Uh, Well, clearly, we've got, uh, I was going to say too many hogs, but the hog guys will complain if I do that. Clearly, we've got a, a, a challenge with the kind of supply that we've got if we don't do something a little bit brighter export-wise here. Um, you know, the, the, the trade continues to fret about ASF. Um, you know, I, I hear some of that uh, argument is why the market's traded so poorly here the last while, because people are worried about what happens if we get it here in the U.S., and that's not a good thing to think about. I, I don't... I, yeah, it's... That's not bullish, uh, and, and, and I, I sure don't believe it is, and neither do most of us. So I think there's some of that worrisome thing bringing into the market. Uh, but without some you know, real tangible improvement here uh, in some of the export news, or at least relaxing of the tension that we've got with China particularly, uh, it's going to be difficult, the burdens and supply that we've got. Uh, the other thing is, is that you know, every time they, they talk about building a plan, it seems like we build twice as many buildings for it, and then it takes twice as long for the plan to get online. You know, we've been struggling with that, too, uh, getting that extra capacity. So I hope we're about there in the hogs. I wish I could put in a little better picture for your producers here that are listening to me. But, 
we got just got a ton of supply that we got to deal with. I, I would think that the market has gotten itself underpriced and that we'd have a chance to bounce a little bit, but uh, we had a tough week this week. Let's jump over to the, the grain side of the trade because I would love to have been a fly on the wall during those two days of negotiations, discussions with China. doesn't seem we have much direction to go except for the fact that the president said, yeah, we'll have something by March 1st. Soybeans, are they uh, kind of leading the corn? Well, if you got anything out of it, then I, I would like to have you tell me that. You chart that actually on the soybeans, frankly. Uh, Susan does act for this a little bit better. This is new recent highs after, you know, six, seven, eight weeks. Uh, we poked our head above that a little bit on the May and on the July and, um, well, in the March. Um, and, and then, you know, got them nice 12, 13, 14 higher. You know, feeling a little better about China. They're going to buy another 5 million metric tons, right? Uh, they're going to continue to buy our stuff. Um, and then we close two higher. Come on. Uh, I, I just thought it was such a disappointing ugh, close here after you know, having a little bit of good news to work with. So, you know, what does that mean? I don't know. I guess it means that you need a lot of good news. To keep- the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Brad? 800-358-3047. Thanks for having me on again. No problem. That's a Fontenelle final bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all your local Fontenelle dealers on the Rural Radio Network.